Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. Thanks so much for tuning in to the pod. Lots going on politically, which leads me to, I would say, for a lot of folks, their go-to when it comes to political news in the state of Michigan. And that's MERS News, MERS Independent Source for News and Information. Kyle Malin is the editor and co-owner, and he joins us today. Kyle, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. It's good to see you again, Tony. It's good to see you. Just so much to talk about. Let's dive right into it. And the first thing I wanted to ask you about it, and I think we talked a little bit about this some months ago when we talked, I wanted to ask you what you thought of Michigan's coverage of politics here in the state of Michigan. One thing that I thought was interesting, I recently spoke with the manager of a large news entity in our state. And when I asked him the same question, the first thing that came up was a lawsuit against Fox News. And it made me laugh because I was thinking, all right, we're going down that road. And my question is, as I look and seek from folks like you who are in our business, how does Michigan do when it comes to being fair and balanced and reporting all sides of every story from your perspective? I think the news media and covering Michigan politics has actually improved over the last, I would say, five, six, maybe 10 years. I think that there's been a kind of a friendly competition between news outlets that has actually benefited the consumer and has done in a way that is not politically generated. It is being generated by folks who are looking to present news in a new and creative way and one that's different than maybe other news outlets. I think that outlets like the Detroit News have stepped up their game in recent years. They've dug into budgets. They've questioned spending, which I think is the job of the media. I think they're doing a great job with that. Bridge, rebranded, formerly Bridge Magazine, I think is doing also a very good job from kind of the nonprofit and foundation-generated realm in presenting, I would say, kind of more, I mean, I call it kind of award-type journalism in that it's not like daily grind-type coverage, but it's looking at subjects that are pertinent and expanding on them and presenting them in a way that gives people good rounded view as to what's going on. Meanwhile, you've got the free press and MLive TV stations, over at Sinclair Broadcasting and then the TV stations, I think in Detroit, to some extent, are trying to be competitive with each other and trying to provide new and different angles to stories that are going on. I think the journalists themselves are more engaged. I think what we had maybe 15, 20 years ago when I started were people who saw this as kind of the last run around the track and weren't putting forth the same energy into it. But now I think that the journalist pool is a lot younger, a lot hungrier. And personally, I think that the consumer is getting a better product for it. Kyle, do you think the consumer leans toward news that presents the news in a fashion that they agree with? In Michigan, I think we do a pretty good job of avoiding partisan leans. I know that when you look at maybe an opinion page, you are going to get a lean. You look at Nolan Finley, you're going to get a lean one particular way. You see a columnist, you see anybody presenting the news with their picture next to it, you are going to get a partisan lean. But I think that on byline coverage where you have just a name, but no picture, those stories I think are pretty good at not providing a lean. Now, we do have some products like Michigan Advance, which are funded by 
foundations on the left side of the political spectrum. And so they are going to present things in their certain way. But as far as commercial media, media that is being paid by advertisers, it's not to their benefit to present news that would only appeal to half of the population because you're cutting out the other half. I mean, you got to think of outlets like the news or even MERS, for example. We don't get any benefit if half of our readers say, you know what, they're in the bag for one side or the other on the political spectrum. We're not going to read them. Half of your customers are gone. Half of your subscribers are gone. That makes no sense from a business standpoint. Your standpoint, you're trying to bring in as many people as possible, not repel a certain group. You're motivated by profits and clicks. You're not motivated by convincing hearts and minds. Okay. That's another person's job to do. Okay. That's not the media's job to do. And so for those that rely on getting money from advertisers and subscribers, I think they're doing a good job of presenting news in a fair way. Kyle, you seem pretty fired up about that. Well, I'm actually writing about something very similar right now for City Pulse. I do a column for City Pulse, and that's actually somewhat in the vein in which I'm writing right now. So I am particularly fired up about this subject, yes. What about the news consumer? Say me. Would I typically look for someone who presents the news in a fashion where I lean? Well, I don't know about you personally, but I know that that is where a lot of folks are going to because they're getting their news not from the paper on the front porch, but they're getting it a lot of times from social media and other sources, friends and emails and chat groups and other things. We're talking with Kyle Malin, who's the editor and co-owner of MERS News in Michigan. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how the news is presented in the state of Michigan. We'll do that next on Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. something to grow it takes time like the equity in your home that's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit because frequent watering of your house plants may be recommended now can we get a new roof not so much the rest of the house want the best rates for a home equity line of credit ask for LaughQ stop in today or go to laughq.com slash home equity LaughQ your credit union for life Welcome back to the Media Business Pod. I'm Tony Conley. I am your host here on the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Kyle Malin, who is the editor and co-owner of MERS News. Kyle, I wanted to ask you, what can we in the media do to be better? I think that we can be better by not duplicating each other. I think that that was a rut that we got into in speaking about Michigan political news for a little bit. But I think we're really escaping that right now. And I think that finding different ways to cover stories, a different viewpoint or bringing in or looking at a similar subject a different way is very helpful to expanding people's knowledge on subjects. I think that's maybe the key. Another thing, though, too, I think is expanding our network of people that we talk to is also, I think, very important. And realizing there's a lot of different voices out there. And the more voices we can bring in to expand the conversation, I think the better the product for everybody. Where do you go to get your news? 
Well, we have at MERS, one of the things that we do is we scrape headlines every morning and present that to our subscribers as well. We know we can't do everything. We've got a nice size staff and we do cover a lot of subjects, but we don't cover it all. So with those headlines, I'll take a look at you know what Bridge is doing or what Detroit News is doing or where the free press is going, what MLive is doing. I'll look at those things. I also listen to a lot of AM radio and I may be kind of like a dinosaur on that. But I still like listening to, you know, Michael Patrick Shields or 1320 or 1240 here in Lansing. I guess I'm just kind of old school in that regards. And I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm a big Rich Hurl fan from 1320. <laughs> I think he's as fair and balanced as can be. I agree. Um, it seems like one of the biggest stories of the first quarter of 2023 has been the governor's repeal of right to work. What do you think? It could be. I mean, I guess I kind of see the big story is that the Democrats spike in the football on the last election where they are able to do things that score a lot of headlines and make people feel really good, but aren't functionally all that important to a lot of people. You know, right to work, first of all, the repeal of it isn't going to impact people in the public sector because the U.S. Supreme Court said that right to work is basically the law of the land for the public sector. That's just the way it is. So regardless of what we do here in Michigan, it makes no difference. Now, for the private sector, I'm going to say the number of union shops just continues to shrink. And so the impact of something like whether you have right to work or you don't falls on a decreasing number of workers. And so even in those union shops, what was the percentage of people who actually utilized right to work and didn't pay any union dues? It was always a small amount. It was never a majority. We're always talking at best, you know, maybe 10%, but usually it was a lot lower than that. Usually it was around 5% people saying, no, 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 you know, and they did it on principle or they're being cheap or whatever. They're just being obstinate. Most people were participating in their unions, in their union shops anyway. It didn't make unions more responsive to an extent. And so I would say it was really a symbolic move, right to work and repealing that. Functionally, I didn't think it did a heck of a lot. Same thing with Elliot Larson's Civil Rights Act and expanding that. The Supreme Court of Michigan already ruled that the LGBTQ community could not be discriminated against under the law prior to what the legislature did. So again, that was spiking the football that was taking a specific constituency saying, hey, we're going to do this for you. We're going to put it in the law. Boom, we took care of it. And then abortion was the same way. You know, they repealed the 1931 abortion law. Well, shoot, we just did that at the ballot box in November. You know, the legislature didn't do that. But again, it was taking a women's rights issue. You all were big supporters of Democrats, spike the football, boom, you know, another touchdown score. Now we're going to see what happens with governing. Can the Democrats govern? This first three months, I say, was celebrating. We'll see how they govern now with the governor and if they can work with her on advancing policies. Doing something like gun control is more like governing because you are changing the rules to something that they are not currently. And you do have to work with multiple sides in doing that. We're talking with Kyle Malin, who's the editor and co-owner of MERS News here in Michigan. When we come back, Kyle, I want to talk to you a little bit about gun control. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network.
Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. Welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly talking with Kyle Malin. Kyle, when it comes to gun control, I find this a pretty interesting topic from the aspect of there's so much discussion about limiting folks who can buy guns, especially the ARs and those types of guns. But I never rarely hear talk about legislation. How are we going to get the guns? out of the bad guy's hands. How are we going to figure out a way how to help those who are mentally challenged, who are homeless, the kids who are in single parent homes and left unattended, all those folks who have challenges, it seems like, with the legal system and with guns. It doesn't seem like we address that enough. What do you think? In the last segment, I talked about the Democrats are going to have to learn how to govern. And this is learning how to govern right now because we are tackling in gun violence an issue that is multifaceted and does require different viewpoints and will require folks working together. This isn't an issue that will be solved by one or two bills getting passed and could have been, it would have been done a long time ago. So from my viewpoint, this is a multi-pronged approach. A lot of it is public awareness and people becoming more, I guess, aware of what they can do to address the problem. In a way, I've always kind of viewed this as a bit like drunk driving. And remember how prevalent drunk driving was in like the 80s? People were legitimately scared to drive after, let's say, two o'clock in the morning because they didn't know if the person who was coming at them on the road was coming back from the bar was completely blitzed. I mean, now we're in 2023 and you don't hear about drunk driving as much anymore because of mad, because of sad, because of laws, because of super drunk laws, because of a lot of different things. Society put the pressure on people and made them realize that drunk driving is very, very serious and very, very bad. And I think the same thing is happening now with guns. I think as a society, we're becoming to realize Having a gun is a responsibility. And while passing legislation to store your gun this way or not having a gun when you're not well mentally is important, it's also a societal thing that I think will come as a result of the legislation. When it comes to education, we see those urban areas, especially where there is a lot of poverty, struggling with getting the kids up to speed with where they should be with writing, reading, arithmetic. As someone who's from Mount Clemens, Michigan, I have watched Detroit struggle with this. To me, from my perspective, at least from that area, I have seen the mismanagement of the funding that they get and of the making sure that the kids do learn. Do you think we can attack that politically and really start helping these kids? Well, I think the Democrats are going to have a much different approach than Republicans did. I mean, Republicans' approach was busting up unions and then using the private sector to try and extract those who they felt could be saved and putting them in some type of charter school situation and hoping that they'll learn that way, and then trying to weed out corruption by inserting financial managers. The Democrats are going to go about this a much different way. They're going to approach this purely on the funding aspect and putting more targeted funds toward these districts that you're talking about. I don't know if it works or not, Tony. I guess we'll find out. 
but it will continue to be something that both sides are going to try and fix through their own prism. So as we enter here, the second quarter of 2023, what are the biggest stories that you're going to be watching? 2023, I'm going to be watching, this is purely political, and it's only because I'm really kind of a sucker for new trod ground and something historic. And that is if the legislature takes this session all the way to the end of the year, or if they adjourn early which we haven't adjourned early since the 1960s. And the reason they would adjourn early is because of the presidential primary of 2024. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm going to be watching for. Will the Republicans and Democrats be able to come to an agreement on when the primary is going to be scheduled that is agreeable to both sides? Or do they leave it alone? And if they leave it alone, the legislature, because of the way the rules of the Constitution, everything are, they have to end session in October at the latest November, November 1, not even Thanksgiving. I'm talking like right after Halloween. Mm -hmm. And then will the governor then call a special session and have him, you know, do some special things? That's what I'm going to watch for. It's a mechanical thing. But for me, it's one of history and interest. Where do we stand with the new bridge from Detroit to Windsor? Oh, they're still building it. They're building it. I don't mm -hmm. think that there's any lawsuits that are holding it up right now. It's going to take a while to build something like that. So it's in the construction phase. Mm -hmm. Is there any concern when it comes to our border? And I only bring this up. You see some of the stories where when you get into the Montanas and even some of the rural parts of Minnesota, folks are being caught trying to cross our borders. You hear anything about that when it comes to the state of Michigan? No, I haven't heard anything on that. It certainly hasn't risen to the level of state politics. What about Lansing politics? It seems to have been somewhat quiet. Well, outside of the behind the scenes maneuvering on the Democratic side as to who's going to replace Alyssa Slotkin in the 7th Congressional District, that hasn't been quiet. And there's been conversations as to whether it's going to be Former Senator Curtis Sertel, will Barb Byram, the Ingham County clerk, do it? She would have to not run for clerk and really go for it if she wanted to do it. How about Angela Whitwer? What about Sarah Anthony, the state senator? They would you know, have to leave new jobs in order to run. Angela Whitwer would have to not run for another term in the state house. You know, What about Julie Brixie from Okemos? Would she do it? Because Tom Barrett's going to run. We know mm -hmm. that on the Republican side. So that's something that's going on behind the scenes. And we know that Slotkin's going to run for that Senate seat. Oh, yeah. She's already announced. And there's mm -hmm. really no notable challenger for her yet. So she's charging ahead full speed. You know, it doesn't matter who's in power, whether it's the Republicans or the Democrats, this stuff is always pretty fascinating to see what's going to happen and how things unfold. I look forward to your coverage in MERS News. We've been talking with Kyle Malin. He's the editor and co-owner of MERS News. If you want to know what's going on politically in our state, make sure you subscribe to them. Follow Kyle on Twitter. Kyle, thanks so much. I appreciate your time. Absolutely, Tony. Anytime. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network.